What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us today on In Your Business. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Kingsbury. Hey, guys. And today we have a special guest for you. His name is Michael Crawley. Michael moved here to Windsor in 2006 from Nova Scotia. He moved here to open up a company called Eris. And in that time, he's also become a personal life coach, and he does sales training for other businesses. So without further ado, Michael Crawley, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you're at today. Hey, Sasha, great to be here with you and Sean, and of course your audience. Um, yeah, so I started in sales back in 1988, 22 years old, answered an ad for shampooing carpets. I was sick and tired of kind of working for other people, but I seen an ad for shampooing carpets, and I answered it, and it turned out it was a company called Electrolux, which was a very old company at that time. It's 99 years old right now, but uh, come to find out, I was selling vacuums door to door. Okay. So I got into the sales part of it, had a great product, just had to get over the fear of doing the door-to-door -door part of the sales sure. and uh, break through those paradigms. Like physical door-to-door -door back Knocking then, on eh? doors. Yeah, right. What year was that, Michael? That was 1988, March yeah. of 88. Okay. Yeah. And um, all my friends laughed at me. <laughs> a lot of people told me I wouldn't last. Mm. I'm not a salesman because I didn't talk very much. I was kind of shy. Um, you know, and you got fears too, especially when it comes to door to door, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody does. So people, right. yeah, and who's going to buy a vacuum? Everybody has one. Uh, fortunately for me, I didn't listen to people. I, I kind of, you know, made my own way and uh, started in sales, did very well, you know, learned a lot the first year. Second year, I started uh, assistant management, training with other people, taking them on the road with me. And by 1990, I ended up moving six hours away to Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, where I operated my first store. Okay. And uh, we just, I went there in June of 1990. By October, I had a sales force and we were knocking doors all over the South Shore. We were breaking records. Nice. And went into management after that, like, you know, as a branch manager. Um, but seven years later, became a division manager, had four stores. So uh, teaching salespeople basically on door to door. Uh, sales, closing, um, how to overcome your paradigms, mm -hmm. which is, you know, your belief system. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, th that's basically what took place. Um, my mom had passed away in 2005. And at that time, I was like, there's got to be more. Yeah. You know? And uh, I said to one of the guys, I said, um, is there a franchise available? And they said, Windsor, Ontario. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So okay. I, I got the map out and I looked it up and, you know, Toronto, London, Windsor, Detroit. So I made a few phone calls. And I ended up coming up in August of uh, 2006. Okay. Um, I couldn't believe when I was flying in, seeing all the pools in the backyards. We don't have that back in Nova Scotia. It's yeah. lakes yeah. everywhere, basically, yeah. in the ocean. But, you know, when they, when they opened the door to the plane and the heat hit me, it was like a day like today. It was 34 degrees. Um, I couldn't believe it. And that's the way it was for the full week, just hot weather. And got to meet a lot of different people around the city. Uh, the gentleman that owned the Eras franchise here, which is what I came up for, um, he, he played baseball, so I got to see a lot of uh, ball games and that type of stuff. But the interesting thing was a lot of people were like, why are you coming to Windsor? And I was like, because it's what I see so far. <laughs> the people are fantastic. The weather is beautiful. Your vegetation around here is amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're like, but this is going to be a ghost town. Like, there's nobody, this place is not going to last. And people were giving me all these stories. And I said, well, 
I'm from Cape Breton. They closed down the steel plants. They closed down the mines. Um, I still made a very good living, mm-hmm. and people still, you know, are there and working. Yep. So I said, you know, everybody can overcome certain things. So anyway, um, I was here for a week. I went back home and made a final decision, packed up my car, and I drove up here in September 2006. Nice. And is that around when uh, GM had closed their transmission plant here? I think it was just around that time. Just around that time. There was a lot of different things going on. Yeah. And then, of course, we had 2008, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. the crash. But you know what? Uh, My business actually thrived through those times. And uh, we used to have a saying that um, it's never the land, it's always the man or woman, you know? Because if you allow, you know, the negativity, the economy, or what the news talks about to get into your mind, especially when you're in sales, you'll be out of business. It's tough. Yeah. So you yeah. can't listen to that. Yeah. You know, the most important six inches is between your ears, as they say. So you gotta, you gotta focus on what it is that you want. You gotta focus on what you want. Yeah. But okay. no, seriously, it's yeah. all, it all starts with you. Yeah. You know, and that's what sales is, right? It's all about what your belief is and. A lot of people have, a, have the wrong perception of sales. Sales is something you're doing for somebody, not to somebody. Mm-hmm. And hey, when you're in the people business, you can do a lot of things for people. Yeah. yeah. Was, there any, uh, was there any like books that you were reading at the time back when you first started your sales that really like had some impact on you? Because I know, mm-hmm. you know we've read some books yeah. that are sales driven, obviously, and some kind of hit home, um, you know. What's an example of one? Fanatical Prospecting. Fanatical Prospecting mm-hmm. by Jeff Blunt. Really great good. Book. Um, How I Raised Myself to Success in Selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, I believe it's Frank Bedker. Yeah, that's the one I'm reading now. Awesome. Talks about um, like uh, using your enthusiasm to break yeah. out of sales reps. It's yeah. really great. Yeah. It's a hundred year old book. Yeah. Yeah, because he I did that, his training with Dale Carnegie. No, uh, <laughs> actually Duncan just gave it to me because I was having a tough time at work okay. one week. That's and he, an amazing book. Yeah. yeah. I'm 22 pages in right now. Yeah. The, the title <laughs> kind of, uh, say the title again. How, How I Raised Myself to Success in Selling. I from, 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 from failure. failure. From, from failure. failure. So, yeah, right. so, the, so the title kind of uh, turns a lot of people off, but it's so true. Yeah. You know? And he was ready to leave his business, and just something made him stop and well. Give first, it one he more started shot. in baseball, yeah. and his coach told him he was lazy, and then he got demoted down to like a bush league, and he changed his attitude. He's used enthusiasm. That's what his coach told him to do. And then he, uh, then he left there, or whatever, and got into selling insurance, and again found himself being lazy, and he couldn't figure it out, and changed his enthusiasm and. Got in front of people, did uh, like was checking his calls and making a list, and yep. basically just following a scheduled routine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's that that's kind of where I ended in the book. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It, which is important, and we'll get to the books if if you don't mind. In one second, Sean. But there's a lot of good salespeople out there, but there could be a lot of great salespeople mm-hmm. out there. The biggest problem is salespeople. They look at it. They don't track their numbers. They are not tracking the calls that they're making, the yep. people that they're speaking to, uh, what their law of averages are. So you may be making phone calls in the run of a day, and you could make six phone calls, and maybe you got rejected once or twice, and then you're going, oh, my God, I've been on the phone half the day. Yeah. But you only made six calls. Yeah. you got to know how many calls it is, right, what your law of averages is. So when I knocked on doors, that's what I tracked. So I, my magic number was 13. Yeah. And so what I would do is I'd put a $50 bill on the dash of my car. And every door I get in was worth 50 bucks. And it was usually the 13th door. Because you had the, the not homes and then the people that gave you the no's. Yep. yep. Right? You turn your no into the yeses. You, you figure it out. But uh, 
Yeah, it was always the 13. So I always knew what my law of averages was. Mm -hmm. So numbers don't lie. Right? Yeah. Cool. So uh, in terms of businesses, um, why don't you tell the people what, what you are a part of? So you moved so, here from Nova Scotia. Was Eris yeah, a part so, of it? Yeah. So yeah. Electrolux was the original company. We uh, The name came to Eris because we went from just not only floor care, but the air air purification, water okay. purification. So Eris was a bigger company as such. And uh, so that's that's what I brought here was the Eris. When they already had the floor care here, but I brought the air purification because okay. that's what I did back home. Do you want to describe a little bit about what Aris does and what your services are and, and that kind of sure, stuff? Sure, yeah. So we do uh, air purification. Okay. We have a technology called Active Pure Technology. Literally, it's not passive, it's active. It goes out and it seeks mold, mildew, any living microorganisms inside of a, a space, building, home, whatever the case may be. Okay. It seeks it out, it can uh, deactivate it. Um, so it makes for a healthy living. Okay. You know, when we think of dirt outside, the rain, the sunshine, all that cleans that. But inside, it's a different. It's a bacteria and so on and so forth. Okay. Right? And plus, we just went through the pandemic, but we know a lot more about yeah. viruses and so on and so Absolutely. forth. Absolutely. So our technology was originally invented on the International Space Station. Okay. Uh, we took it one... They, they invented it because of... Um, um, the gas is coming off and they were growing potatoes and that, right? up in space. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to find something that could help with that. And, uh, so we took it one step further for businesses and homes. Okay. Just an amazing technology. Uh, so we help anybody with asthma, allergies, breathing problems when it comes to the air, plus protecting your indoor space. So if someone in the home had a, a cough or a cold or flu, the chances of someone else getting it is next to slim. Yeah. yeah it's really, really powerful. Then we do the water purification. So we have both reverse osmosis, alkaline machines. Okay. So it's all about your health. Like we're the healthy home company. Uh, like I said, we're in business. This is our 99th year. Next year in 2024, we'll be celebrating 100 years. Wow. Nice. Privately owned company. Okay. Um, yeah, and strongly. We have over 100 stores in Canada, 400 in the U.S. We're in 44 other countries. Wow. How does it work? Like... So is it a machine that you install or is yeah. it like a product that you're yes. using? So we have, we have portables and then we have the uh, ones that go onto the furnace. But the portable unit itself, um, we have a honeycomb cell inside of it with a UVC light. And so the humidity and the oxygen from the air goes in through the unit. It goes through the honeycomb cell mm -hmm. and out the other side comes the powerful oxidizers, okay. which we call active pure. And it's, it's like dry hydrogen peroxide, H2O2. Okay. And it goes out and it'll seek anything that's a living microorganism. So they're just cool. continuously safe for people, pets on the planet, and uh, continuously just going out and protecting your space. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Is it used in like a hospital setting too? Yeah. Okay. yeah we, we have a medical uh, grade um, same technology, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, we have the we have the uh, medical side of it also. Wow! And for the water, you said reverse osmosis. How is that different than uh, like bottled water in that? So again, bottled water, you're bottling that water. Where it's coming from? What's the source? How long has it been sitting in the bottle? Mm -hmm. So reverse osmosis, when we hook that up, um, basically you're at point of use. So you can go to your tap and fill up as many bottles as you want, you know, or many glasses as you want. You're not wasting the money, mm -hmm. but you're getting, you know what you're getting right then from the source. Okay. So I have a question about that. You hear a lot about these days now they're testing the water. They're finding COVID traces in the water. We're finding that there's traces of all these medications, uh, prescription and on prescription, you know, due to being flushed down the toilet and that. Right. Is reverse osmosis get rid of that stuff yeah. in the water? So, so again, you got different systems, right? Different mm -hmm. grades, different filters. So our systems, we give a list 
And uh, so pharmaceuticals is one of those things that we can take out. Okay. Um, municipalities, they do the best they can, mm-hmm. but they can only do so much. Yeah. But pharmaceuticals are in the water. Um, right now they're saying asbestos is in a lot of water throughout Canada um, because of the pipe staff from years ago. Yeah, but there's old. all kinds of different things. So that's the importance of having something at your point of use where you're, you know, your tap where you're cooking from or drinking from that that water you know we're, we're how much water should we be drinking a day eight glasses a day four yeah, liters something like or that. something like you know, that. we're made 85 yeah. percent water our brains are a little more than that yeah so yeah having good water is important absolutely so is that is that also like is it um like a filtration device is it something that you hook up to like your tap for example yeah so you hook you put it under the sink so you would have four to six filters, depending on the unit. Okay. And then that hooks, that goes right into your tap. So that's just strictly your Straight drinking, your cooking tap. water. Fill up as much as you want all day long. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. And then we do we do point of entry too. So if you're concerned about, you know, the water that you're showering in, bathing in, we can take the chlorine out. If you're on wells, we can take the hard water out, you know, put softeners in, whatever, whatever the problem is, we yeah. have a solution for it. Is there any way of like scaling that up huge to be applied to like a municipal water system or is it more, you know what well, I mean? Well, here's the thing, when you get into the municipals and that's, that's way beyond where, where I'm at, mm-hmm. but you still have all that pipe that that water has to go through to get to your home your and house. then what type of pipes are in your True. home that it's going through. I see, okay? yeah. Especially if it's older homes, lead pipes that, when I mentioned the asbestos, um, that was on W5 not long ago mm-hmm. in Saskatoon, Manitoba area. Okay. They were finding asbestos uh, in the water. Wow. And it's from the pipes from back then. Mm-hmm. They were they were wrapped or they had asbestos in them when yeah. the pipes cracked that went into the water. Yeah. So they're saying that's, you know, throughout Canada, there's different spots that are more than others. Mm-hmm. But so... You got to protect yourself one yeah. way or another, right? Yeah, and it's a lot easier to do it in your own home versus trying to revamp the entire system exactly. from start yeah. to finish. Yeah. It's, it's like the air quality. You know, we can't we can't do anything about what's outside, but we can definitely protect our indoor air ourselves. Yeah. Too. Okay. Cool. And so, 2006 ish, you're moving into Windsor. You're here. You got your car packed up. What's next? What's next? Yeah. So I just started uh, advertising, showing the product here. Had some salespeople. Started showing and selling really and uh done very well you know um back home i had won the international sales cup which is like winning the stanley cup nice Uh, some people in our company have never won one um i think i was my second year here i won the paysetter cup which is similar Mm -hmm. just on a little smaller version and since then i think i won five and two of them were during the pandemic wow Wow. but uh no we've done really well here in windsor um Eris Electrolux has been here since 1938 as a company. Mm-hmm. You know, we started in 1924, so being here since 1938 was pretty pretty huge. Uh, the previous people, that uh, sales guys, they they built a really good customer base here, mm-hmm. solid customers. We build a good product too. We build a product that lasts. Yeah. But uh, so my customers are, are really, really my clientele is really good. They like good quality. They want to have, uh, like I said, we're the healthy home company. So yeah, is your office the only one in Essex County? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an advantage. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I got another question actually for you. Um, so you know, you mentioned your start in Nova Scotia and then having to come here fresh. What type of prospecting did you do? What type of you know outreach did you do that led to kind of your success? Yeah. Mm. So in the very beginning, when I started. It was door-to-door. Okay. Uh, when I got into management, it was still door-to-door, but I added telemarketing in. And I was one of the first to actually start doing telephone sales. Wow. And um, 
I read an article and it talked about how telephone sales was like a billion dollar industry back in 1989, 90. Mm. And even banks that were starting to call people, even on Sundays, they were, they were calling people. Yeah. So we just started calling our database and keeping track of them. And, you know, you're due for bags, filters and so on and so forth. And so that's what I've always done. And that gave me, you know, I had telemarketers that gave my sales guys leads um, somewhere to start. And then they would start knocking doors after that. Nice. And so when I came here, I started knocking on doors. Back at I it. started going out. If I had service calls to do, customers called in, we would do that call. Then we would start knocking on doors Monday to Saturday. You know, Sundays I would put flyers out. Yeah. In my first couple of years here, 2006 to probably 2010, I worked pretty much seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah. I did every home show that was available. Um, I've always done home shows since yeah. the time I started. We used to call them mall shows. Then we started doing home shows. I've been in every home show. Anywhere where there's people, I'd be there on a Saturday or a Sunday. If it wasn't, then I'd be putting flyers out. Yeah, and I'd nice. have a team with me, and we'd do the same thing. But, uh, you know, that's the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. And I know social media, and that's all good. But uh, if you want numbers, then you've got to start picking the phone up, or you've got to go out and visit. Yep. You know? So from then to now, <clears throat> there's been so many changes with technology in that. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, we're saying, and we agree, Jeb Blunt will say it first, that phone calls is a, is a method that should never die. But what do you see that has changed yeah. like, with all the technology from for prospecting specifically? <laughs> Laziness. <laughs> Good point. There's, there, that's what's changed. Yeah. What about in, in, in an innovative way? <laughs> like what's changed for I the know. good? <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. I mean, it is, it's good. But, but again, we're relying too much on it, right? Mm-hmm. We got to really, you're in sales. We've got to get back to what sales is. That's contacting prospects. Yeah. Yeah. That's contacting your present clients. For sure. The gold. That's, that's the golden goose, right? Yep. How many people leave their clients to looking for new clients? You should be talking to those clients and getting referrals. Yeah. You know, and we, we forget that sometimes we make the sale and we're off looking for the next sale. Yep. When that, their client just bought from you, who do they know? Yeah. We got to start, you know, doing a better job of prospecting. This is ongoing. This goes way back to the days of, you know, yeah. old salespeople long, that started in the beginning. Yep. And so that's one of the things in sales though. Um, again, I said, there's a lot of good salespeople. There could be a lot more great salespeople. Um, everybody has it in them. The paradigm holds people back. It's one of the reasons I get into the coaching part because mm-hmm. I understand that. It's, not, it's fearful for people to, to pick that phone up. And we come up with all kinds of things in our mind of yep. what that person's going to say to us. And we never even made the phone and it prevents call prevents you from actually making that call, <laughs> right? I, I, I say this, is, this telephone right here is a 300-pound phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so we just have to get over that fear of rejection, the 300-pound phone. Like I said, all we're doing is we're calling out to make a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was just speaking a little while ago about, you know, law of averages. Think about how much you make. And if you have to make phone calls, know what your num- what know how much it is for every call that you make. Mm-hmm. You know, back when I was knocking on doors, for every no, I was making two dollars and seventy five cents on average. Yeah. Now I was knocking fifty two hundred doors a day, mm-hmm. but that's what I was making. Didn't matter if they answered the door or not. It was it was two seventy five, right? Yeah, that's what and Becker that's, was talking about. Yeah. And I like I was just saying, I, I just I, I I have a hard time connecting that together because an empty phone call isn't taking me anywhere. It's like if we're talking about how many yeses on a phone do you get compared to no's, that's one way. But to put my dollar value to it, I have a hard time with that because mm-hmm. my phone calls 
are pretty empty and it's not because of anything I'm doing or anything I'm not doing. It's just the phone numbers I got, the people that own them choose not to answer, but all of my deals come from the realtors or my manager or the broker or, you know, my friends and family. So that's yeah. where I put my dollar value at. Yeah. <laughs> and they do, they do come from that. Yeah. But also the energy you're putting out, making those phone calls is part of it. Yeah. You wouldn't be making the phone calls if it wasn't. Well, that's what There's I value say too. In it all. Right. I always say that I said it, I think at the meeting last week that it, as long as I make the phone calls, my business will come in directly. Yep. It's about building it and they will come. So yep. if those calls have to be empty for me to get business, uh, it's a and tough time, to swallow, right? But. It's time too. You know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And you know, it's the law of rhythm. You're going to have your ups and your downs. Yep. But I know for you, Sasha, I've talked to you many different times and you've had great months because of the amount of calls that you made. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're on fire. You know, and that's really, that's part of the sales side of it is how you feel you're on fire. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do, but guess what? If it was, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. Sales, sales is the <laughs> hardest profession. Earl Nightingale says it. There's not a single person in the world that has the career of a good salesman until you put that forward and like make that uh, yourself, right? You have to put out that energy. You have to do the work. You do. Really? That's really all it is at the yeah. end of the day. You, well said, you have Sasha. to call. Yeah, I, I think of Earl when he talks about uh, the guy sitting in front of the wood stove. Okay. You know, you've got to put the wood in to burn yeah. first. You can't sit in front of the stove going, give me heat, give, give me, me fire. Heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to put the wood in. You've got to, you've got to do the work. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and that's part of why we have to do the calls, right? Yep. It's, it's the name of the game. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're going to get the leads. We're going to get the referrals. We still got to make the calls. Yeah, we got to put true, the work true. in. And I didn't mean to say earlier about, you know, lazy because of technology but it has made us lazy to a certain degree right but also think about it now i mean back when i started that phone was uh you know it was on a line there was no you know we were just starting in cell phones yeah portable phones i had a brick phone in 1992 but now we can go anywhere and accept calls and make calls yep. yeah you can go to the park and make calls yep you got your list with you you don't have to be stationary how do you feel about using text messaging I think it's a great way. Yeah. Because yeah. again, we we have a, a, a population that only know how to text and they would prefer text. Yeah. And just think about this, guys. I don't know how many phones, and for the listeners, how many contacts you have in your phone, but you probably got a million dollars worth of business in your phone. Now, if you've got a few minutes on, it doesn't matter if you're standing in a lineup waiting to get your coffee um, you're, we won't say you're at a red light, but let's just say you're, <laughs> you're in a passenger seat. Right? You're light. in the passenger seat. You <laughs> could send off two or three texts. Do you know that your intuition is one of the most powerful forces of energy? Good point. People don't use it. And you could take your intuition and think of somebody and pick that phone up and call them. And that could be your deal. Mm -hmm. But some people won't pick the phone up because something happens and they get the, the scare sets in, right? Yeah. But your telephone is a million dollars. I guarantee you, you got three, four, 500 contacts in your phone. Oh, yeah. Your phone's worth a million dollars. You yeah. can text. Just text. Mm -hmm. I just find that texting takes the personality out of it. Like, I like it when somebody answers the phone because they can hear how excited I am. Mm -hmm. I feel a little adolescent when I'm sending smiley faces and laughing faces and uh, well, again, ups and again, it's just, it's just, again, it's another piece of technology. Yeah. Have some fun with it, but you know, use it as a conversation. I get texts sometimes that are like three, four paragraphs. <laughs> that could Jeez, be me sometimes. Why not, just, why not just start off with, Hey Sasha, Hey Sean, how you doing? Yeah. What's going on today? 
do it as a conversation, right? Get a response back. Yeah. But sometimes people want to put everything out there first. Yeah. Don't put it all out there. Make it like a conversation. Sales is not, boom, putting everything on the table first, right? Right. Jeez, when you go on a date, you don't ask her to marry your first first date. Yeah, I tried that. It did not work well. <laughs> now we're dating. Everything everything comes in steps, so, you know? Yeah, I agree. That's the way texting is, too. No, I agree with that, yeah. for sure. So, absolutely. So, okay, so you moved in. We're doing Eris, okay? So, I know that we're you have a coaching business. You want to talk to us about that? How did you get started into that, and what is it? Yeah, I'm curious. So, uh, Michael Crawley Coaching. Um, I'm with Bob Proctor. Uh, Bob was probably one of the most uh, powerful people in the personal development industry. Uh, Earl Nightingale was his mentor. Okay. Uh, Earl's mentor was Napoleon Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, I love Napoleon Hill. Yeah, yeah, Napoleon's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always worked with salespeople. And when I talk about paradigms, which is your belief system or a multitude of habits that are stored in your subconscious, You know, for me, knocking on doors, that was the scariest thing. But I learned how to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And I just used a couple of simple things. One of them was uh, just opening the telephone book in the morning. I learned this from a gentleman by the name of Greg McDonald. Okay. He'd say, pick a number, Mike. And I'd pick a number. Say it was 21. He'd open the phone book to page 21. He said, pick a number 1 to 30. I'd say, 22. He'd go down 22. He'd say, okay, you're going to go to Falmouth Street, and you're going to start knocking doors at this house. Okay. And wow. that's where I would start at. Yeah. And I'd make sales. It's surprising sometimes right at that house, but somewhere on that street. But anyway, that's, you know, that's um, part of how I get get into that part of it. But it was overcoming the paradigm because there's a, there's a fear. And the, the hardest door to get through for me in the beginning was my car door. Because mm-hmm. you have to get out and get out and knock those doors. Yeah. Well, I seen salespeople come in. I would work with them. And then when I would let them go, They'd, they'd be frightened to go out knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. So you have to show them and teach them more, right? Mm-hmm. And we lost a lot of people that way. A lot of people don't stick around sales Stuff. because yeah. of that fear of rejection. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So that's one of the things that happens to people. They just don't understand it. So you get kind of working with people. So I've seen that my whole career. So I've, I've hired a lot of great salespeople, um, brought a lot of people in through the industry. I've helped people in other industries. So I was starting to do a lot of sales courses um, in around 2015, 2016, I started really digging into Bob Proctor's courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was called The Science of Getting Rich, which was, um, it's, it's actually uh, Wallace D. Waddles, okay. who was back in Betcher's time. And um, that's where the movie The Secret was made from. Okay. So uh, that Rhonda Byrne made. And then from there, I started doing his paradigm shifts. And I went to Los Angeles for a full weekend. And I was in the room with Bob, and I said, you know, I have to start teaching this material. Because it's really, it's all about the mind. Mm-hmm. And the mind, mind holds us back. It's the paradigm. So that's how I get into the coaching side of it. And um, like I said, it's the paradigm that holds a lot of people back. We have so much potential. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's a saying by Steve Bowe, and it says, uh, God's gift to us is more talent and ability than we'll ever use in our lifetime. And our gift to God is to develop that talent and ability mm-hmm. in our lifetime. Wow. And so that's, we've got the potential. We've got so much talent and ability. We just got to bring it to the table. Yeah. So that's I why I, I work with people to, to show them. They already have it. We have it. We just got to, you know, unleash it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what would like, if I, if I wanted to use your services for um, like life coaching, what would that look like? Like, tell me, can you tell us a yeah, little like bit? Yeah, like your process or, even. Yeah, the process, exactly. Yeah. So I would, first off, we'd get together and, you know, find out what you're looking for. What is it that you really want? That's one of the most like important Like goals and things. aspirations? Goals, aspirations. What is it that you really want? 
well, you know, you may tell me some of the things that are holding you back. Mm-hmm. And then I have a couple of different programs that I look at and say, okay, I'll find the blueprint for you. And then we put you through and take you through that. Yeah. And you could be eight weeks, could be six months, could be 12 months, depends on the individual and what they're looking for. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> again, the whole, the whole idea of it is, is for you to learn about you, what your potential is. And uh, I, I thought I knew a lot until I actually started working with Bob. Yeah. Bob Proctor uh, just brought so much out of me, changed my life. And um, that's why I said I want to teach what he's teaching, right? Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> before we had gotten started, we were talking about uh, sales training for other businesses. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you're doing still? Yeah, yeah. And what's that? Tell us a little bit about that. So I can go in, I do just do seminars, talks. Um, but work with salespeople, work with business owners. Do you do like direct training for like cold calls and like script training and no, stuff? I, anything to do with sales. Nice. Okay. I, I consider myself a peak performance and mindset coach. Um, I'll even say peak performance and sales coach. Um, when you're in direct sales for 35 years, you've you seen got a some lot, experience. You've heard a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, not that I know everything because new people have always taught me. I've always learned from everybody. I got a 10 year old son. I'm learning from him all the time. But I do have some experience when it comes to the sales side of it. And again, the biggest thing is we have this mind that has so much potential that we could be using, but the paradigm, the fear sets in and it holds people back. And so, you know, when I work with my clients, I want to help them transform their finances, their health, their business, their lifestyle. Yep. And, uh, and we do it all by just showing them how to use their mind. Yeah. And so just want to bring it back to books because we were talking about books earlier. Yes. Um, is there any books? So what were you asking if there was any books about prospecting? Yeah. Like back in the day, what were, like, you know, was there something that you read in your initial sales journey that kind of inspired you to like keep going, I guess, yeah. just, you know, everybody I think in the sales industry has moments where they have doubt and they have struggle. Right. So at those times, it's good to lean on what others have said in the past, you know, mm-hmm. books, quotes, sayings, that type of stuff. So I don't know, if, did that something like that happen with you where you had some conflict, you know, something kind of brought you back into it and, you know, motivated you to keep going? Yeah. So the first one, the first books I picked up, it was by Zig Ziglar. Oh, and, uh, I love it. it was, the art of selling or if it was on, it was on selling and, and I love Zig. And then <clears throat> matter of fact, uh, it was shortly after that, I drove five hours to Halifax because he was there doing a seminar Yeah, and I picked up a bunch of his tapes and I started plug it in his cassette tapes all the time, just listen to his tapes over and over. But Zig Ziglar was the first. I started studying under Zig, um, then Jim Rohn, Les Brown. But Think and Grow Rich, and you mentioned that earlier, Sasha. Good book. I had picked that book up in 1989. I've read it pretty much every year. And in the last 12 years being here in Windsor, we've done masterminds. I've done it with a number of people every year on Think and Grow Rich. Okay. But you can't read that book enough. So my mentor, Bob Proctor, until he passed away two years ago, Bob would say that he read that book every day. So some of our programs are designed around that through Bob and Earl Nightingale. Mm -hmm. But that book has so many great tips inside of it. Persistence, right? Yep. Um, Again, you get into desire. Mm-hmm. You don't got a desire. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have that desire. We were kind of talking about that earlier and getting excited with enthusiasm. You've got to have a desire. But there's certain things in there that are just phenomenal. Specialized knowledge. Okay. You know, a lot of people have general knowledge, but they don't have specialized knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I have when it comes to the personal development industry is specialized knowledge. I have stuff that nobody else has. 
because of uh, Bob, 60 years in the industry, and then learning from Earl Nightingale, who learned from Napoleon Hill, right? So it's all, it's all stuff that's in Think and Grow Rich, but again, we, we, we have a little bit, we're kind of fast-tracked onto it. Yeah. But that's probably one of the best books. Yeah. That book specifically for me, I found, you know, uh, in my journey coming into sales and stuff, I always wondered, people always tell you, oh, just put your mind to it. Just put your mind to it. Just put your mind to it. Yeah. What does but that then mean? They wouldn't tell you how to put your mind to it. Well, <laughs> so I found that Think and Grow Rich actually did lay it out. Like, it's, I correct me if I'm wrong, there's a whole chapter on steps. Oh, on, yeah, yeah. on how to figure out what you want and yeah. how to put your mind to it and that mm-hmm. and that, that book it really it really actually changed how I look at life in general as a whole and if anybody listening knows me you know I'm not really into the voodoo stuff mind stuff but after reading this book and it changed my life and I'm living it right now in my current career mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I did exactly what the book told me to and it took every step for me to be exactly to where I am today. And I mean, if it wasn't for that book, I probably wouldn't even have been able to start this podcast just because before that book, I didn't really know how to have the confidence in myself or mm-hmm. whatever, but that book made a huge impact on my life. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You had, you had a desire and you've read and studied with the book too. Yeah. So when it comes to the books themselves, and I, I do this in my seminars and you've been there, Sasha, I'll say to people, you, you read a page and you got to the bottom of the page, and then you realize you were on a thought trip. Yep. Okay, you know you read the page, but your mind was somewhere else while yeah. you were reading the page. Yeah. How many people go back and read the page? Or they say, hey, I know I read it, even though I was on a thought trip, and then they flip to the next page. Mm-hmm. So that's great for, you know, relaxed reading and that type of stuff. When you're reading books that you want to learn from, you got to go back over it and over it and over it because we go on thought trips. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're going along, and next thing you know, we go off, an idea hits our mind, and we go off on a thought trip. And then we come back down a little bit later on. It might be a minute. You could be in a conversation, and it happens to you. Yeah. So this is the, the part of the reason of repetition, but reading and studying are two different things. I agree. And, and Thinking Grow Rich is a book you yeah. need to study. Taking um, notes, too. The self-confidence yes. form. And taking notes, exactly. The self-confidence form is in Thinking Grow Rich. In all my years, and I've gave a few copies out. I don't give copies out anymore. Mm-hmm. There's the odd book that I'll recommend to people, but I'll ask people, did you, did you learn the self-confidence formula? Because mm-hmm. at the bottom of it, it says, sign your name, date it, and commit it to memory. Uh, no. People say, oh, I've read Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah, I read the book. Do you know the self-confidence formula? Uh, no. Was it in the book? Like there's things in the yeah. book that people don't pay attention to. You read something once, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. That. that's yeah. true. So just one last thing about community stuff. Is there anything in the community that you're passionate about? Yeah. Anything that you're involved with or that you want people to know about? Yeah, listen, I, I, I give as much as I can when I can. The uh, Windsor Youth Center was big on my list. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when my son was three months old, that's where we went for Christmas dinner. Okay. And I helped support them for quite a few years after that. Um, tomorrow I'm gonna to be painting with the Habitat for Humanity. We're gonna be painting a home. Nice. Two homes, but I'm gonna be in one of those yeah. homes painting with a group of people. Um, I help out with the Amosburg Mission. I've done stuff with the Windsor Mission. Um, I support wherever I can support. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. people awesome. come to me. I get phone calls on it. I'll ask them where they're calling from. I said, no, I support local. I'll give where I can give. Good. You can never give too much. We've got uh, a phenomenal community here. Yeah. That's one thing I learned about Windsor. This is a, a community of giving. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they, they are, it's, it's huge when it comes to giving. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good for Any, charity. Anything you want to add in, Sean? No, just thank you so much for your time, honestly. Yeah, sure. My pleasure. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to mention that maybe we missed? You know, <clears throat> again, like I said, um, the potential that everybody has, you know, God's given us so much talent and ability, but we have to use that talent. We have yeah. to develop it. And uh, it starts with us. But if you have children, grandchildren, young brothers and sisters, they can do anything they want to do. Don't tell them they can't. Absolutely. I agree with that. Excellent message. Excellent. Awesome. Okay. Well, I mean, just real quick, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So um, for my heiress business. Either one, whatever you want, man. Yeah. I'm on 5428 Tecumseh Road East, 519-944-7800. Michael Crawley, everybody. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you.